Welcome to Masterminds in Maintenance, a podcast for those with new ideas in maintenance. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm the CEO and founder of Upkeep. Each week, I'll be meeting with a guest who's had an idea for how to shake things up in the maintenance and reliability industry. Sometimes the idea failed, sometimes it made their business more successful, and other times their idea revolutionized an entire industry. Today, I'm excited to welcome to the show Sonia Mathura, Managing Director and Senior Consultant at Strategic Reliability Solutions. Welcome, Sonia, to our show. Hi, I'm so glad to be here, Ryan. Thank you for having me on. We're glad to have you as well. First, we'd love to you know, hear about where you are today, where your focus is, and you know, what you're excited by about the maintenance and reliability industry. Well, uh, the exciting thing right now for me is that uh, strategic reliability, we've just completed two years of incorporation. So uh, we're glad to make it past the two-year mile marker. So that's, that's a major accomplishment there. We're going, we're going for more than that, but having two years done is, is very awesome and being able to be in that space and understand how it works from the side of the industry is, has been very, very knowledgeable. Uh, our main focus right now is just uh, spreading the, the knowledge of reliability the knowledge of how we can actually make things better within the industry and just to sort of uh, increase uptime and decrease that downtime. So mainly that's, that's our, um, our main focus right now and just to get the industry where it needs to be through training and uh, also offering some strategic solutions. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Sonia, would love to hear about how you got started in maintenance and reliability and also, you know, where you are today in your background. Wow. So it, it's, it's, been, it's been a very interesting journey. Uh, I started with my bachelor's in electrical and computer engineering, believe it or not. And I worked within the industry in that area more of the electrical side and I may have worked in the industry for about a year or more and then I made this um, complete transition into a lubrication role and what I realized from being in lubrication is that everything is connected and lubrication is connected to maintenance is connected to reliability and there's there's a whole cycle that goes on with all of that so uh, after doing my bachelor's in electrical and computer, jumping into the lubrication role. Uh, while in the lubrication role, I actually did my master's in engineering asset management, which is very interesting because it kind of brings reliability back and gives you a more holistic approach to what you have to do. So that was very, very, very interesting. And uh, uh, I actually did my thesis on lubrication failures in an, in an ammonia complex, which was one of the first challenges that I had to solve um, going out on the plants. The, the ammonia plants, they had some issues with their oil. Of course they did. And um, their oil was getting contaminated with ammonia. So, while that was one of the first issues that I faced when I entered the industry, what I realized from that is that a lot of times we couldn't get information 
or couldn't get stuff on different case studies that were done globally and the information just wasn't readily available. So I wanted to do my thesis on that to sort of bridge gaps, not just for me, but anybody else looking back on the thesis or the work that was done for the thesis. So that's, that's, that's it there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, let's, let's dive deep into lubrication because it's such a common um, failure mode for a lot of, uh, of, of plants and businesses. What's one thing that people don't know, uh, don't commonly know about lubrication and the, the importance of lubrication? Oh boy, there are so many things. You want me to just choose one? Um, <laughs> so I'll try. <laughs> one of the main things I think people don't understand is that, uh, really understanding what is going on with your oils that are in service helps you so much in terms of maintenance. So understanding that your oil may be degrading or it actually has a, a high content of wear metals in it can tell you that something else is going on inside of one of your components that you need to look at. So I think a lot of people underestimate the power of oil analysis and how it can be used and integrated into your maintenance schedules. So just by having a, a report done, uh, getting back oil analysis for a particular component, you can estimate that you may need to do some sort of maintenance on this gearbox, for example, within the next month or two. So you can actually schedule that downtime before it, before it becomes like some sort of an issue and you have to be like getting unplanned downtime and getting guys to come out when they shouldn't be coming out and they should be at home. So it's all about proper planning and scheduling and that's what oil analysis can help you to do. Absolutely. Very, yeah, super interesting. What we've also heard as well is that um, this, this stat that says the most common failures for bearings is because of poor lubrication or poor oh, yes. maintenance. Do mm -hmm. you think that's true? Am, am I oversimplifying it? Um, I think a lot of things have to be simplified so that we understand it and that we can break it down to one level and then we can build from there. So that's definitely not oversimplifying it. Um, bearings have been, uh, um, if you look at any manufacturing facility, one of the highest um, number of components are your bearings. So just being able to pay attention to that can actually increase your efficiency or your overall reliability by as much as 10 to 30%. So, understanding where lubrication falls in terms of bearings is very necessary and some of the reasons that bearings fail uh, could be they either are over lubricated yes that is a thing that <laughs> is a thing because i see guys going around with the grease guns and they're just pumping grease into this bearing <laughs> until it, it falls out and i'm like what are you doing <laughs> Because what they don't realize is that by putting more grease into it, you're actually, um, the bearing starts to run a bit hotter. And you're, you, you've actually helped in killing it faster. Wow. 
So you can either over lubricate or you can under lubricate. And that's where you'd have like starvation of hair bearings. And that, that is an issue as well. So wow. yeah, so you can either go extreme too much or extreme too little. So it, it, it really varies, but just knowing and understanding the right amount of lubrication for your bearings can save you a lot in the long run. And wow. it can save you a lot of um lots of headaches and ordering parts crazily and you know, getting into fights with your warehouse manager. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> when you were saying this idea of over, over lubricating, I'm remembering one of the comments that, that someone I talked to mentioned, and he basically said, lube is life. And now it's making me think, oh, shoot, I wonder okay. if he's over greasing and over lubricating. And if that's uh -huh. our Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what would be a great thing for him to do is, uh, and I found that it actually helps if he has access to uh, a thermal camera he should try getting somebody else to take a picture or do a video before he starts lubricating the bearing during the lubrication of the bearing and then when he starts to over lubricate and he'll see the difference in terms of the range of heat that happens in that transition time so and for them seeing it for themselves and understanding what their actions are actually causing, it helps them to, you know, realign themselves and try to get the best. Absolutely. I think that exercise would be such a great exercise to go through and it's such an easy thing to do in a pretty low cost way as well. Uh -huh, um, yeah. You just need a guy with a thermal camera. <laughs> Let's talk about oil analysis, um, because you mentioned that that's really important as well. What role does this, does this play with regards to condition monitoring and, and maintenance for oil analysis? So oil analysis, I like uh, to bring it back to um, testing, medical testing. So when you, when you're so for most of us that are getting older, uh, we usually have to do a bunch of different tests. Like we do cholesterol, we you know, check up on all of these different things. And it's by doing these tests, we understand what's going on on the inside of our bodies. It's the same thing for oil analysis. By getting oil analysis results, we understand what's going on on the inside of the equipment. So just having a proper oil analysis program in place can actually help you to understand how to plan your maintenance because i've had a i've had a guy with a truck just bringing it back to um, some of the fleet guys and we did oil analysis for him on one of the on one of the units and we got a lot of wear a lot of iron in the engine components and he's like this should not be happening i should not have iron and then he, he said he's going to take the truck down for the weekend and look into the engine, look at all the different iron components. And when he got back to me on the Monday, he said the, one of the couplings on the inside started wearing away. And he would have never known until it was actually completely gone and the truck would have been stalled and he would have like a backup of deliveries. So oil condition monitoring plays a very critical role in maintenance and being able to schedule your maintenance in time and letting you know what's going on on the inside of the equipment. So very critical. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, for, for the, the facilities that are trying to figure out what should get some sort of um, oil analysis or, or scheduled preventative maintenance program, how do you how do you guide companies on which components in which which places within their facility should get an oil analysis? Well, I think uh, the first thing that we need to understand is what is the role of each of your components? Which are your critical components? Because understanding your critical components. Uh, helps you to place more emphasis on that. And when I say critical, critical could be defined as so many different things with so many different people. Uh, what I like to define it as though would be the pieces of equipment that if they go down, your business goes down. Your production line goes down, your cost of operation goes up. So those pieces of equipment, you want to pay particular attention to them. And uh, what I like to do when uh, designing a, a lubrication program, because the same lubrication program does not work for everyone. We cannot do cookie cutter on this one. Mm -hmm. um, I like to sort of like divide the components into critical, semi-critical and non-critical. So your non-critical pieces of equipment, uh, those are like your, your secondary, um, your backup, backup pieces of equipment that if they go down, they don't necessarily hamper the operation. So you're not, while you want to know what's going on with these pieces of equipment, you can keep that to a basic testing level. Um, just doing viscosity, uh, where components, probably like contamination, TN, TBN, those are your basic, very basic level. And if you go into your semi-critical, you wanna do a little more advanced testing for those. Or you can either do advanced testing or advanced frequency. So mm -hmm. your frequency kind of depends on how often you're changing your oil. So if you're, your lifetime of your oil is 250 hours. I would always recommend do a test before the 250 hours, maybe at 200. Let's see what's going on inside of your components. And depending, do you want to run the oil longer? Because that's, that's always an option, but that has to be guided by proper oil analysis. Yeah. Uh, so your main, main components, which are critical components, and I like to kind of align those to turbines because turbines are super critical and super expensive. You don't want those going down. Um, those are the ones that you want to place more emphasis on and specialized testing like your, your MPC, your RPVOT, and depending on your budget as well, then you know how often you can afford these tests because those are pretty expensive tests. <laughs> Yeah. And I would imagine yeah. as well, the other really important thing to know and have is someone to be able to analyze all of these results. So if we exactly. do an oil analysis, <laughs> yeah, if we do it an oil analysis, we, if we spend all of this money, do we have someone to actually analyze them? And exactly. so, Sonia, what would you recommend for the facilities that 
you know, yes, we want to do an oil analysis, but we might may not have someone who's, you know, done a master's in lubrication, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and spent a lot of their career. Where, where would you recommend them going to really not just do the test to do the test, but analyze the results and produce some sort of meaningful, you know, outcome and action item? So for them, what I would recommend is going to an expert go to a consultant and the reason i want to do a consultant and somebody that's outside of the company is that they're bringing a fresh pair of eyes they're bringing a, a different perspective uh to the way that the components are working and they can shed light in that respect so while persons are working in the company may think that it's completely normal for certain things to happen it is not so they bring in that fresh pair of eyes and they can sort of guide them. This is how you should take a sample or this is how you should set up your lubrication program. And they can either do that through a consultant or through an oil analysis lab. Because most of these oil analysis labs, they have technicians as well. And they may be able to deploy their technicians so that for the first set of samples, your technicians take the samples. They get it to the lab. When the lab produces the results, they can actually assign someone to help them to look at the results and produce some sort of information. Uh, and one of the things that I've realized is that while we may have guys getting the reports and they see it, um, let's say like a traffic light system, if it's on green, it means it's good. Uh, that may not necessarily be the case. Because even though it's on green, you can see um, with a trend over time that a particular wear metal may be increasing. While it has not reached a particular warning limit, you should you know, still be aware that this is increasing and this should not be like that. So that is the piece of valuable feedback and information that they would need from the lab. So Absolutely. the lab may be able to provide them with that or you can either go to a consultant. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious as well, Sonia, what are some of the biggest causes of lubrication issues and what and, and how can an oil analysis assist with this? What do oil analyses um, typically uncover? Wow, they uncover so much. Um, so one of the major issues that we have with lubrication failures is oxidation. And I am just bringing these back to turbines because turbines are the ones that experience oxidation the most and they are the ones that it hurts the most as well because when you have oxidation occurring you actually have varnish and sludge and all of these crazy byproducts being produced and when they're produced they can actually either remain in solution and travel throughout your entire system or they can start plating out on different as on different areas on the inside of the system. Now, when they do that, that is complete and utter problems for your maintenance guys, because they have to try and get this stuff out of the system now. With oil analysis though, there are particular tests that you can do like RPVOT, MPC, QSA, and what it sort of tells you is that it tells you how much oxidation has occurred with your RPVOT. And with your MPC, it kind of tells you the 
uh, amounts of varnish that you have in your system. So knowing that can help you to plan if you can take your equipment down, clean up the oil or clean up on the insides before you have a major, um, let's say like a major order come in so that it doesn't hamper your production as much. So having oil analysis in it just sort of simplifies it a bit and it keeps you prepared for what may happen wow. later on. <laughs> yeah, I definitely learned, you know, a whole lot just now, uh, especially over the last 15 minutes. Oh boy. <laughs> um, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Sonia, you're also an entrepreneur. What made you decide to start your own business? Oh my gosh. So um, what happened is that while I was writing my thesis, I was in the corporate world. And I am a stickler for quality. Uh, if, it, if it doesn't come up to standard for me, it's not, it's not of my standard, it's not of my work. And I decided to leave the corporate world to write my thesis on lubrication failures. Um, totally big jump. And while uh, doing research and writing my thesis, I started to reach out to SMEs globally. And <laughs> I was very surprised that they responded, first of all. And they were, they were actually able to give me a lot of good information. And then I started questioning, why don't we have this in Trinidad? Why is this not available readily to us in the Caribbean? And that, I think that was the moment that I realized that we need to bring this to Trinidad. We need to be able to have this level of expertise available to us. And it's easier if we bring our guys down to Trinidad and get them trained so that they can in turn uh, dissipate the information throughout the industry. So that was the, the entire idea behind the business. And it has been growing since inception two years ago. So it's, it's very interesting to see the direction that Strategic is heading in. Uh, initially, we were just uh, confined to reliability solutions like um, root cause analysis, and now we're sort of branching off into project management and helping uh, engineers in that that department as well. So it's it's very it's a very interesting rule right now. <laughs> very cool! Congratulations on all that success, Sonia. That Thank sounds you. like an amazing journey. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm curious, you know, what are you excited by about the future of maintenance reliability? Oh my gosh, IoT. <laughs> Tell me more. IoT, IoT has been very exciting because it's interesting to see the way that we're using AR and VR in the maintenance fields. And in the maintenance field, what we've had traditionally is we, we've stuck to one method of doing things and it's been that method for 30 to 40 years. So seeing developments in the way that things are moving now, um, wireless transmitters, uh, having uh, safety glasses that has AR on it that you can actually see uh, equipment IDs. That is very, very cool. And I'm seeing right now as well that they want to start using drones to do oil oil sampling which is extremely cool and would save a lot in terms of guys going up on like wind turbines or things that may have been 
previously very high risk. So it's very interesting to see the way that the industry has has been revolutionizing uh, with the um, introduction of IoT. So that's that's interesting. <laughs> The, the future is coming, huh? It is. It's here. <laughs> what would you say to young women and girls who want to become part of the maintenance and reliability world? Oh, wow. I would say be yourself. Maintain your integrity, whatever you do, and just remain um, committed to, what, to your work. And know that when you walk into a room, you bring value with you. It doesn't matter who's in the room you bring value and the value that you're bringing, you are the one that's delivering the value. It doesn't matter, girl, guy, no, no matters at all. There are no glass ceilings anymore. And I think that um, we, we've had this perception that um, women in the maintenance and reliability field, it's, it's very uncommon, but that's what society is telling us. Society is telling us that we have that glass ceiling there, but we don't. We're all human and we all have brains that function most of the time. And that's, that's what we need to remember. We're bringing value and we want to, whenever we go into a, a field or a room or a situation, we just need to remember the value that we're bringing and bring that value. So that's what I'll tell them. Pursue your, pursue your passions make sure that you know what you want to do and just keep, keep true to yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it just comes back to this idea of constantly learning, constantly being better. There is no ceiling. No, um, there isn't. <laughs> so, you know, going off of that, piggyback, piggybacking off of that, you know, where, what resources do you go to to continue learning? And um, where do you go for new ideas? Well, I just use LinkedIn, actually. Because my feed is so diverse and I, I actually, I love LinkedIn because there's so much value content that has been created over, just over time. And I think that just by connecting with different people and looking at what they post, and usually they post very good articles and I'm like, I'm always on LinkedIn. Because it's always good to be, you know, updated about what's going on. You see a lot of stuff from renewable energy, and then you see stuff with maintenance, and then you see stuff with these drones and what they're doing with oil analysis. And you see ICML 55, which is very exciting as well. But I think that right now, LinkedIn sort of captures all of that information in one space. So I'm very, um, I like LinkedIn for that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the internet has allowed us to just generate so much content and read so much content in such an easy way. And yes. LinkedIn is, is, you're right, a great, great place. Um, I kind of know what you're going to say next, but, you know, where can our listeners go to connect with you and follow LinkedIn. your journey? <laughs> <laughs> so they can check, they can find me on LinkedIn at Sanya Mathura. And they can also look at my website, strategicreliabilitysolutions.com. And on my website, we actually have a learning corner where we have all different, um, all of the articles about lubrication failures. Um, I have lubrication failures in ammonia plants. Uh, how can a lubricant uh, fail lubricant failures in industrial plants? 
so it's it's a lot of different um information that if you want on that it's a great great place to go to so we have a lot of resources there all right sounds like i need to go check it out and start yes, learning do. a lot more about <laughs> lubrication as well well, thank you so much, Sonia, for joining us. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's Mastermind and Maintenance. My name is Ryan Chan. I'm the CEO and founder of Upkeep. You can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Um, and also directly at, if you shoot me an email at ryan at onupkeep.com. Until next time, thanks so much, Sonia. Thank you.